All right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today's Wednesday. It's October the 27th of 2021. Man, just a couple days from Halloween. That's crazy, isn't it? I know. So uh, here we look at today as uh, Navy Day, where you can celebrate the Navy and the Mm -hmm. men and women who have defended the country in the Navy. It's also uh, National Black Cat Day. So, I always wanted a black cat because I thought if I had a black cat, it meant I was kind of like a rebel. Well, and those kind of get a bad rap sometimes, and they don't really get adopted because people have those superstitious you know, um, thoughts about them. And a lot of times, they're the ones left to fend for themselves. It's really sad when you I think know. about it. Just because of Halloween movies and stuff like mm-hmm. that, we've built that reputation for the poor black cat. And they're really pretty. Remember on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, she had her own black cat? Yeah. Was it real, though, or was it a fake cat? I think it was a fake. Wasn't it a robot? Yes. I'm just saying it was a black cat and she was fine. Sure. Who wouldn't want a robotic cat? cat. A cat that doesn't poop. That'd be fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. It's also, this is a good one for you. Cranky coworker. Okay. I am. You know, I'm not the cranky coworker. I don't know about that. Uh, Also national American beer day. So I celebrate that most days. There's a lot of uh, celebration of uh, beer days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Maybe I just look for those. Uh, there was also a deal because, uh, as I mentioned, we're just a couple of days from Halloween. I was reading about, like, is it possible to overdose on Halloween candy? Because I love it. And when you buy those little pieces of candy and you're like, I think I want a Snickers and a Kit Kat. Oh, maybe one of those Nestle Crunch bars. All of a sudden you get that little feeling in your belly like, oh, oh what happened? <laughs> because I do that sometimes with just like a regular candy bar. But, you know, then you wake up the next day, you have that feeling and you wake up the next day and you have that cup of coffee. Mm, right it doesn't matter. So they say for the average 180-pound uh, person, right, 5.4 pounds of sugar would send you into an overdose. What that means, so if you're worried about it and you're like, oh, my gosh, I wonder what that means, that means you're allowed. You technically can have 262 pieces of fun-sized candy. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and count that out. Yeah. I think you'll be okay. Oh you might not feel gosh. your best, but you're not going to OD on chocolate or sugar. Again, it mm. takes 5.4 pounds of sugar to OD. That's pretty crazy. Uh, there's a way you can do it kind of with uh, statistics where you can multiply your body weight by 13.5, then divide that by 9.3 grams. And that tells you about how much you can have. We actually have someone coming in to give you that much sugar. We're going to see what oh, happens. Gosh, we're not going to do that. They say you could actually eat 1,627 pieces of candy corn and not Ooh. OD. So you might feel terrible. <laughs> you might have some type of gastrointestinal problem, but you're not going to overdose. Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. So the year was 2009 and Chris Young had the number one song in country music on this day. All I can think about is getting you home. Walking through the front called getting you home a lot of people call it uh hey can you play the black dress song by chris young i don't need this menu no i don't i already know just what i want did i hear you right did you tell me 
up and get doing wednesday here it's october 27th and y'all as always kelly perry well she's got three words for you good morning arkansas brandon baxter in the mornings gotcha gossip i got you gossip this morning on britney spears So Brittany did it again. She went to Instagram and started venting a little bit. And uh, it's pretty interesting. She has this photo of a mini typewriter that she found. And she talks about how she has kind of gone through jumping through hoops, trying to appease all of her friends and her family for so many years. And then she realizes when it's time that she needs them, that people aren't really there for her. And she says she's done with that. She goes on to say, and I quote, I don't mind being alone. And actually, I'm tired of being this understanding Mother Teresa. If you're rude to me, I'm done. Peace out. Then she goes on to say again, this is Britney Spears. This message is to my family for hurting me deeper than you'll ever know. I know the conservatorship is about to be over, but I still want justice. I'm only 5'4", and I've played the bigger person my entire life. Do you know how hard that is? So she's firing back. She has stuff to say. She's being a little bit uh, cryptic at this point, but... I'm just going to tell you, at some point, it's going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. That's Britney Spears. You can check out the post on her social media. Got you gossip today on Zendaya. Yeah. So Zendaya, Zendaya stars in a movie that recently came out. It's called Dune, and there was a lot of buzz around it before it came out. There's tons of stars in it. Timothy Sham- uh, Chalamet. Did I say that right? 
everybody loves him. Yeah. And he's a little bit younger, but I've heard a lot about him. So Timothy Chalamet, Jason Momoa, and of course Zendaya. Well, months ago, trailers for the film came out, and all of them make it look like Zendaya has this major, major part. For sure. Right. Yeah. So in reality, Zendaya has about seven minutes of screen time oh my in goodness. the whole movie. So fans are really upset. Several fans went to Twitter to comment on how tired they are seeing of Zendaya paraded around for press and not giving the time and material she deserves. Mm-hmm. Others are commenting saying, hey, if you've read the book, you know that you should chill out because that character has maybe a bigger part in the whatever. Because here's the thing. Zendaya is extremely talented. She has so much ahead of her. The film that's out now, Dune, it's only part one of a trilogy. Part two is scheduled for October of 2023. So she is, her part is going to become bigger if you haven't read the book. But apparently uh, fans are like, where's our Zendaya? Yeah, and see, because I saw the trailer for this, and Kai's a massive fan of Zendaya, and I thought, oh my gosh, he would love this, because it did appear that she was all over the trailer, and uh, to know she's only in there for seven minutes. If I took him to the movies expecting her to be the star, one of the stars, I'd be like, eh. Yeah, I know. Not so sure. She looks really pretty. Have you seen what she looks like in this movie? She's always pretty. She was very striking in the the trailers and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. The blue eyes. All right, gotcha gossip today on Katy Perry. So Katy Perry has given us uh, a cover of a Beatles song. So evidently there's going to be this advertising campaign this holiday season for Gap. Uh, and basically the idea behind this is she's re, uh, she's covering the song All You Need Is Love, which was a hit from the Beatles. Here's a look at Katy Perry. So again, that version is going to be a part of an advertising campaign for Gap as we head into the holiday season. It's Katy Perry, and the video is out if you want to check it out on YouTube. And of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we got you gossip. Sometimes there's stories that just make you feel good. Ah, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. With Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, there was a guy who lost his license outside of a public store. His name is Chris Person. The bad thing about losing his license is it contained his driver's license, of course, his COVID vaccination card, credit cards, and quite a bit of cash, and even a gift card that easily could have been redeemed by anybody, right? So the next day, some strangers show up at his door. They're knocking there because 15-year-old Lucas Perry had found the wallet in a parking lot, went home and told his dad and his sister, and they decided the right thing to do was to take the wallet to the guy's house because his driver's license was in there. They show up at the door. Knock on the door. Chris Person goes to the door, and there's the wallet he couldn't find. So he decided to do something that was special for this family, and he decided to offer up money to help them out because everything that was uh, in the wallet was still there. It was intact. The family said no because they wanted to do the right thing. They say the father was adamant about teaching his children the impact of a selfless, honest act, and it was important for them as a family just to return the guy's property. Chris Person says he made three new friends through that experience, and he describes it as an amazing experience with that family. And y'all, that's one of those stories that just makes you feel good. Brandon Baxter in the morning.
So just my luck, Kelly got to come over last night and hang out with my family. Why? There's no reason to bring this up. It's my luck. She shows up again. Listen. So I'm going to give you a little heads up on what my wife does. (laughs) Anytime I have a friend or even like my celebrity crush, Jana Kramer, she tries to befriend them and steal them from me. So Kelly and I have done this show for six years now. Been like best friends. And my wife decides she wants to mosey on in and try to steal my friend. Well, guess what? And she has stolen me. She did it. So I appreciate that. So I get in from a walk, a very strenuous one-hour walk. I was a very strenuous, tired. A strenuous walk. Thanks for That's saying that. Power walking. Mm-hmm. So when I got back in, Leslie says, Kelly's coming over. Fantastic. <laughs> Guess we're going to have more food. If you don't get to spend enough time with me at the first part of the day, we're going to yeah. make sure you have enough time at the end of the day. Well, it's almost like, yeah, my waking hours are basically spent with you now. Uh, but Kelly comes over, and of course, she comes over to eat like most Brandon, nights. Brandon, no, take it back. And I made spaghetti. Oh. I only had one pound of sausage. No. I use sausage in my spaghetti because to me, it tastes better. <clears throat> so guess who decides she wants to eat? Who, who came over full? I'm not even hungry. I wasn't. I'm not even hungry. I've just eaten. What did you eat? I ate chicken nuggets in the air fryer. Let me tell you what these fools do. These fools wait till about 8 o'clock, and they're like, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? No, we do you want spaghetti? Oh, no. I don't know. Do you want? And then it takes uh. you guys like 30 minutes to decide. So, yeah, I'm hungry by the time y'all start cooking because I've been there for four hours. But have you ever made spaghetti sauce and typically you have it like you portion it out, right? Like I, I kind of do mine in thirds. Kai gets a third, Leslie gets a third, I get a third. Mm-mm. But guess what happens when Kelly comes no. over? Oh, we got a fourth hit. So Kai looks at me when I when I give him his spaghetti and he said, I need some more sauce. I said, you're going to have to get the sauce out of Kelly's bowl because she has one fourth of our <laughs> spaghetti sauce. So then I get blamed for lack of sauce. That's it. Which I will say the sauce, pretty tasty. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm pretty good at, at cooking sometimes. I was, I was impressed with, uh, you know, you typically I just use... I guess, ground chuck or whatever meat, and you use sausage in your spaghetti, and it was pretty tasty. It adds a different flavor uh-huh. to it. So, anyway, I'm glad you approve of my dinner. I'm glad I could make you dinner again, and you approve of it. Did you uh, get to clean my plate when I uh, left? No, Leslie did that right before bed. <laughs> she just fired Aww. me, too. She thought at least you should have done the dishes. I started trying come to. come over every, no. every <laughs> night for dinner, and you don't even do the dishes. Don't even, You could have at least left a tip. Uh, okay. Did you not have any tip money? No, I'll start leaving my change. I think no, I need dollar bills, man. Hey, yeah, okay, it's just what I do. Uh huh. Anyway, uh, if you guys are eating and there's any food left over, Kelly is hungry (laughs) and she would love to come to your house and eat as well. You get on my nerves. (laughs) What? It's the truth. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. Well, a father in Cincinnati got angry at his son because he wouldn't stop playing his guitar. Which isn't that weird, except the dad is 79 and the son is 50. Oh, gosh. Fred Hensley Jr. had been jamming out for over an hour and refused to stop. So Fred Sr. lost his temper, grabbed a gun, and threatened to shoot him. Oh, wow. Then he actually followed through with it. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> he claims he was just trying to shoot the guitar, but obviously guitars aren't bulletproof, so he ended up hitting his son in the side, somewhere in the stomach or ribcage area. Oh well, luckily he didn't die. It sounds like the, gu- the guitar did die, though, because wow. police found a bullet hole in it. Mm. Well, after the shooting, they got into a scuffle. Fred Sr. ended up with a fat lip. 
and uh, some cuts to his face. Then he called 911 and told them he accidentally shot his son. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, they sent an ambulance and got Fred Jr. to the hospital. The dad is facing charges charges for domestic violence. You know, it's a shame. Fred Sr. and Fred Jr. just don't share the same love of playing guitar. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. Speaking of playing a musical instrument... What rock group has four members that can't sing or play instruments? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Who Who is it? Mount Rushmore. Oh, <laughs> A rock group? That's a good one. And there's even oh. more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy yeah. birthday to you. Uh, happy birthday, happy birthday. Wait. Happy birthday for to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, October 27th of 2021. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Jessica Lanes. Of Jonesboro, who celebrates Jackie Swint. Of Gosnell, happy birthday. Caitlin Lester is celebrating. Karen Russell in Paragould. Brittany Hutchins, happy birthday. Justin Mallard of Brooklyn. Paul Shortnason celebrates a birthday today. Billy Ray Ashley of Jonesboro. Jared Carter of Jonesboro celebrates. And so does Jim Wood, who's from Wynn. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Troy Gentile is 28. That's Barry Goldberg on the Goldbergs. Kelly Osborne is 37. Of course, that's Ozzy's daughter. Kelly Osborne celebrating her birthday today. She's 37. Simon LeBon from Duran Duran is 63 today. Her name is Rio and she dances on the sand. That's some Duran Duran. This is also Duran Duran. Happy birthday to Simon LeBon of Duran Duran, 63. Ted Wass is 69. That's Blossom's dad on the show Blossom. Whoa. Whoa. Blossom. Let's see. Happy birthday today to Lee Greenwood, who is 79. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the man who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand. Stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Little known facts. Jonesboro Mayor, Harold Copenhaver, did background vocals on that song. He did. That's what I heard. <laughs> Lee Greenwood, 79 today. He did. That's what I heard. And happy birthday today to Gary Talent, yeah. who is 72. He was the bassist for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. You can't start a fire. Oh, yeah. You can't start a fire without a spark. This comes for hire. Even if we're just dancing. Gary Talent of the E Street Band. Celebrating today.
Talent's birthday. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Gary Talent, who's the bassist for Bruce Springsteen. He's turning 72 today. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Wednesday morning, October 27th, and y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, This is Country Music News on Brandon Baxter in the Morning. And we have Country Music News today on Carrie Underwood. Well, Carrie's making history yet again. Her collaboration with Jason Aldean is number one on Billboard's Country Airplay Airplay chart, If I Didn't Love You. All right, congratulations. If I didn't love you, I'd be good by now. I'd be So here's the thing. Carrie Underwood is the first female artist to have a number one on that chart in the 2000s, mm-hmm. in the 2010s, mm-hmm. and the 2020s. Oh, wow. It's also her 16th country airplay number one, and that's the most by any female country artist. Reba follows Carrie with 11. Wow. Carrie's a beast. Yeah. Man. So she's killing it right now. All right. Country music news today on Eric Church. I my soul in gas and set my all right, so Church has just released a behind-the-scenes video for Heart on Fire. And here's what was interesting. I saw the video, and if you remember, we talked about this last week. It kind of walks you through these different uh, music videos from Eric Church. Going back 15 years, like they show from guys like me, he's walking the streets in Nashville, and he looks like the younger Eric Church. But I noticed he was singing the songs, like the new song, Heart on Fire. I was like, how did they do that? And Eric Church talks about that in this behind-the-scenes clip. When we shot this, it was a real trip down memory lane. It was something that I got to go back through our entire career from the beginning all the way to now. It's been a long and, and very wonderful and adventurous road. And to be able to, to live that for this song and for what this project is and for what the last year and a half or two years have been like for all of us was, was something that, I don't know, it was a, an uplifting and in a lot of ways inspiring thing for me. And again, it's crazy when you watch the video because it's the old video, but he's mouthing the new song. Yeah. So it's pretty cool technology. That's up. If you want to check it out, it's on the Brandon Baxter in the morning blog today. We have country music news today on Lady A. I feel like a lady. Oh, yeah. So it's always fun when stars get together and collaborate. And y'all, this might be the biggest collaboration yet. The song has six separate stars in the song. So, of course, we have Lady A, Hillary Scott, Charles Kelly, and Dave Haywood. But Mm -hmm. also, we get Thomas Rhett, Darius Rucker, and Carly Pierce. Now, as far as how this song came about, Charles Kelly from Lady A says that they all have vacation homes in Florida. Mm -hmm. And so they do a lot of songwriting there. Well, Charles and Thomas Rhett were sitting around. Their kids were running around playing. And they each had a beer in their hand. And... Thomas threw up his beer and said, friends, don't let friends drink alone. And they were both like, 
let's write that. Yeah. So they got all excited about that song. Within 30 minutes, Charles was out on the golf course with Darius Rucker, played it for him and said, hey, it'd be kind of cool if you were on this with us. Mm-hmm. And then basically the same thing happened. They thought about Carly Pierce and asked her. But here's a sneak peek of what Friends Don't Let Friends sounds like. Here's Lady A, Thomas Rhett, Darius Rucker, and Carly Pierce. With a 12 pack, you know that's right. I will leave you by yourself, Jack. No, sir. You know, I got your back, and I know you got mine. It's Lady A, Friends Don't Let Friends, featuring Thomas Rhett, Darius Rucker, and Carly Pierce. It's out now. That's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, we're joined this morning by the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University, Dr. Shane Spites. Shane, good morning, man. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're good. Have hey. you have you fueled yourself with breakfast just yet? No, I have not. All right, so, a glass of water. So, are you one of those? Uh, I need to have breakfast to be kind of ready for the day, or are you wait till lunch type of person? So, I'm one of those where, oh wow, today's Wednesday. I'm supposed to talk to Brandon and Kelly. Gosh, it's almost seven o'clock. I can't eat right now. <laughs> no, I get it. Hey, what's your breakfast look yeah. like? Because I would think as a doctor, you probably have some fairly healthy habits. Don't put him on the spot uh-huh. like that. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I'll be honest. I typically have, have cereal, an apple, yogurt, and either a glass of milk or a glass of juice. What type of cereal? I go back and forth. Um, I like just regular cornflakes or Rice Krispies. See, I thought uh, it was going to be Lucky Charms. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, hey, look, let me be clear. I would love to be eating some Lucky Charms, but my yeah. wife won't buy them. No, and it's funny that here's Every the doctor. Every i got to sneak out and get them with the kids. But but the doctor over here is eating an apple to keep the doctor away. Yeah, to keep That's exactly away. right. I go, man, I don't want any doctors around me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about these COVID numbers because I was looking at, uh, you know, statewide cases and we're seeing lower numbers. County cases in northeast Arkansas seem to be improving quite a bit over just a couple of weeks ago. What does that look like from your perspective, looking at all the data? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're seeing, we were seeing a real sharp decline in cases and that it's kind of slowed down. So we're still seeing a downward trend. We're averaging about 500 cases a day here in Arkansas. Again, as a reminder, back in the April, May timeframe, we were averaging about 180 cases. We're still going down. It's just not going down as quickly as we were, you know, really back in that, um, you know, September timeframe, we were dropping very quickly. And there's really only two counties in the state of Arkansas that have a significant number of cases. Um, one of them's down in, in southwestern Arkansas. And the other one is, uh, well, it's really Jackson County here locally. Huh. I wonder what's different in Jackson County than the rest of northeast Arkansas. You know, I think what's going to happen, I don't think there's anything specific, to be honest with you, going on in those areas. I think what happens is, and this is what we're going to see probably through the fall and the winter, you're going to have little hot spots that come up. 
in areas where, you know, the virus kind of gets out there and all of a sudden it affects, you know, a community gathering or something like that. And then it'll die back down and then it'll pop up somewhere else. That's what I anticipate we'll see, certainly as we get into colder months where people are more inside. And, and again, that's, that goes back to why vaccination is so important. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But um, we're going to see that probably through the winter uh, months for sure as we get, uh, like I said, into the holidays. So do you think this is kind of like our baseline? This is where we're going to stay for the next number of months? Or do you think we're going to continue to see the decline? I bet we'll hit a baseline. And, and again, it'd be, it'd be hard to really say a number, maybe three to 500. But then every once in a while, we jump up to seven or 800 because you'll have some pocket or some outbreak somewhere and then that'll die back down, and it'll pop up again. Like, I would expect to see it would be completely normal to see an increase in cases after a holiday. So, like, after your Thanksgiving holiday, after your Christmas holiday, after New Year's, don't be surprised to see jumps in cases there. But to be honest, they should come back down after that. Okay. Let's talk about Halloween, because a lot of people are going to try to think about Halloween this weekend. Uh, What do you think people need to be aware of with Halloween and uh, COVID being out there? I know last Halloween was a little different. This year, I just have a feeling more people are going to kind of be back to what they have done in the past. I think you're right. I think last year we were still, again, we know so much more about the virus. We know so much more about how it spreads. Again, we had a vaccine now. We didn't have a vaccine last year. So a lot of people are vaccinated I agree with you. I think it's going to be different this year. Remember, Halloween is largely an outdoor sport, so right. to speak. Right. Um, and so for the, for the most part, people are going to be outside, you know, walking with their kids, you know, going door to door. And that's going to be relatively safe, to be honest with you. Um, if you see any bumping cases, it's going to be from Halloween parties right. that occur in homes or that occur in closed spaces. And so, again, wouldn't be surprised to see a bump in cases from those kinds of uh, events. We were talking last week about, um, you know, young people, 5 to 11, being eligible for the vaccine. And you said we were getting more data on that. There were meetings about that. Do we know anything new on the 5 to 11 age group? Oh, yeah. So let me go ahead and hit you with that. So the FDA just met yesterday, yesterday afternoon. And you can actually go online and see the whole, the whole breakdown. I'm glad they're putting that out online like that, the entire discussion. So the FDA approved the vaccine for 5 to 11 yesterday. That means it goes to the CDC panel November 2nd or 3rd, which is the very first, which is Monday and Tuesday of of, of next week, um, to get it approved. It's a two-dose vaccine. It's a third the amount of the adult dose. This is Pfizer. Oh, wow. It's a Pfizer vaccine, and so it's a third the amount. So it's a much lower amount of the vaccine. They studied it in over 3,000 kids, found that it was 91% effective at preventing symptomatic disease. That means you haven't any symptoms at all. No hospitalizations, no deaths, no severe illness at all in any of the study group. Now, to, to, to look at it in a larger picture, you say, well, how many kids you know, actually get COVID or die from COVID? To date, we've had about 700 kids in the U.S. die from COVID. Wow. And most of those deaths actually occurred from the Delta variant. We had about 300 kids die from the original strain and over 400 from the Delta variant. We've had about 4,300 hospitalizations in kids uh, throughout the pandemic. Um, now, about 65 to 68% of those kids had some sort of, some sort of underlying illness. Right. That means you had you know, almost 30, 40% were just normal kids. So normal kids can get it and they can get hospitalized. 
Um, so great. The, the biggest side effects on the vaccine from what they saw, again, I, they just published the data, and that's the reason why I have this. I was going through the actual study data. 71% had pain at where they got the injection. Okay. Um, about uh, 39% got fatigue. 28% headache. 18% redness there at the side. I mean, really the things that like adults would complain of. But other than that, it was very mild symptoms, and most of them happened after the second shot at the two-dose vaccine. There was a video I saw the other day, um, and it showed, it. you know, and you have different uh, people saying different things and trying to put word out there and stuff like that. But it was of a kid in a hospital who had had the vaccine, and it was side effects of the vaccine with tremors and stuff like that. Um, I know that stuff, people love to push that out there if that's kind of the side of the fence that they're on. What would you say to people who see videos like that about those types of side effects? You know, I, I think what happens is is because the actual risk of that happening is extremely rare. Does it mean it doesn't happen? No. And so I think what happens sometimes is on the certainly on the social media side, they'll find the one in one million mm-hmm. or the one in two million, and they'll focus on that. And the problem is that sends the wrong message. Right. It makes you think, well, you know, obviously this can happen to anybody. Well, truly your chances are closer to getting struck by lightning in, in many of these scenarios. And so I think it sends the wrong message because it's hard for people to take that in context. They see it and they say, well, it must be common because I'm seeing it on the news or I'm seeing it on social media. Right. And that's just not the case. But for the parents out there who you know are on the fence about a vaccine and they're seeing that kind of information, that has to impact their thoughts a little bit because what oh, if absolutely. what if their kid was the one in two million? You know, no, no, and I get that, and that's when we well, what you drill down to, and the FDA really discussed this back and forth. They debated it back and forth. I thought pretty well yesterday, and that's where you talk about risk versus benefit, okay. and that's true with anything. It's the risk versus benefit of taking any vaccine. It's the risk versus benefit of taking an antibiotic. Wow, am I going to have an allergic reaction to this antibiotic? Well, to be honest with you, you've probably got a higher chance of having an allergic reaction to an antibiotic that you're getting for an ear infection than you do this vaccine. Wow, I've never thought about that. And, I never well, thought about that. Well, I mean, but, and that's when everything's got to be relative. I mean, you think, I mean, and truly, and now new data, and I know I mentioned this uh, one time that we spoke earlier, now the new data that's coming out that talks about antibiotics and risk of colon cancer in adults, for any antibiotics that you've taken in the last six to nine years, your risk is higher. So now when we talk about risk versus benefit, it's not a benign antibiotic you're putting into your body. Oh, I'm just taking this amoxicillin. I'm just taking this ZPAC or the Zithromax. It's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. Well, and I guess that's why whenever you're taking a new prescription, they say, would you like to talk to the pharmacist? Or the pharmacist wants to talk to you because it's new stuff. Absolutely. That's absolutely correct. But that agenda, that that discussion is is never really talked about because like for me, I had the assumption, I was under the assumption that if somebody hands me an antibiotic, you know, more than likely that thing's going to be zero side effects. Well, yeah, and it'll be, and the risk is low. Again, the chance of you having a side effect is low, but if somebody took it and put it on social media, the adverse reaction of somebody uh, that somebody had to an antibiotic now, all of a sudden, you're worried. You say, well, maybe I'm one, that one in one million. Maybe I'm that one in 1.5 million or whatever. And so now, all of a sudden, it, it changes your perception. Does that make sense? No, it does. Hey, talk to me about the fourth dose. Uh, dose. I was reading something this morning that says that now sometimes if you're immunocompromised, they might be telling you you need the fourth dose of the vaccine. I don't see a lot of data out there about that. I'll be honest with Just you. Just media and story. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to jump on. I'm talking about the dose for, you know, Someone who really is immunocompromised, they might need, instead of three doses of the vaccine, they may need a fourth. Yeah. The last I heard about that was that was more theory. I've not seen any data to back that up or support that. 
the data, the current data and the recommendations for those that are immunocompromised. And again, it's a specific group. It's listed on the CDC website is that, yes, we do recommend a third dose, uh, but I've not, I've heard the stories and I've heard the conversation about a fourth dose, but I don't think there's any data to really support that right now. Uh, Dr. Shane Spites with us this morning. One more question. Let's talk about um, the variants. I was reading about this uh, Delta Plus variant that has been yes. seen in the UK. What's that look like? So, and that's come up. So the Delta Plus variant, right now the UK is was having another surge. They were having another increase in cases. And everybody's like, well, what the heck's going on over there? Because we always watch the UK. We watch Israel. I think I've mentioned that several times on the show in terms of we want to see what they're doing. Right. And they keep having these rises in cases. I'll be honest. When I look at that, like they're, I mean, they're, they're coming down now. But they had spiked just a couple of weeks, just a week or so ago. Um, and that's from a different variant. It's from a Delta Plus variant. It's an AY2.4. Now, that's going to sound strange. It's basically a, think of it as a son or a daughter of the Delta variant. Okay. So it's a sublineage uh, of the, it's a subclass of the Delta variant. And they had a big outbreak, you know, had a big string of cases because of that. Remember, the UK and, and Israel, they're landlocked. Like they got a whole bunch of people <clears throat> in a small area. Right. And that doesn't work out well when you talk about the spread of disease. And so when you say, okay, what's your, you know, your population density? In the UK and in Israel, it's about 1,000 or 1,200 people per square mile. 1,000 or 1,200 people per square mile. Here in the United States, we're 94 people per square mile. That's insane. Here in Arkansas, we're 56 people per square mile. So we're much more spread out. So the risk of spreading a highly contagious virus amongst us is less. So this is where a rural state, a rural population, people that are spread out, it really helps us. Somebody gets sick, they get over in a few days before I see them next week, they don't spread it to me. Right. That doesn't happen in, in, in Europe or in, like I said, in Israel or the U.K. They're so tightly congested, they spread it pretty quickly back and forth. We do have the Delta Plus variant. We've had cases here in the U.S., but it's still the, the primary Delta variant is the one that we're seeing, so we're not seeing it take off anywhere. He's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State, Dr. Shane Spites. And Doc, we appreciate your time this morning. Go grab your cereal, your yogurt, your apple, and your water, and enjoy your day. All right, good to talk to you guys. Have a great week. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. All right, we're joined this morning by Leanne Barnett, who is the children's pastor at First Baptist Church in Jonesboro. Leanne, how are you this morning? doing well. How about you guys? Hey, we're doing all right. Tell me about First Baptist Church. Well, um, tonight we're actually partnering with the First United Methodist Church um, next door, and uh, we're going to be hosting a community block party at the corner of Union and Matthews, and we're looking forward to having folks out to have a good time. Yeah, so what's this block party going to look like when people attend? Well, um, what we will have is Union and Matthews uh, streets will actually be shut down this afternoon, and we'll fill the streets with some games for kids to play. There'll be inflatables, there'll be hot dogs, there'll be popcorn. Hopefully, it'll just be a great time for families to come out and uh, and enjoy our community. So on an event like this, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot that goes into this and a lot of the planning. We did look at the forecast, and you mentioned this off the air is the only reason I'm going to bring it up. If there is a chance of maybe some uh, rain showers at some point this evening, 
uh, between 6 and 7.30. What happens with the block party? So right now we're uh, we're watching the weather pretty closely to see if the rain is going to be here before or after the event. And so honestly, that's a that's a call we're going to make later this afternoon. Okay. And so we really encourage people to check um, each church's social media pages before you come out tonight to kind of see what the status is going to be, whether um, some things are able to be um, to be moved or that um, that sort of thing. All right, so when you think about it, again, you're the children's pastor at First Baptist Church, and you're teaming with First United Methodist Church. What does it take to get the churches to come together to do a joint event like this? Because, I mean, I know within location you're close, but I think it's pretty it's pretty incredible that, you know, you guys are just going to work together and try just to bring the community together. Well, honestly, guys, this is something that has been going on between the two churches for a few years now. And so um, COVID and things have delayed it um, the past couple of years, but Honestly, um, First Baptist Church and First United Methodist Church have a great relationship, and um, we are always excited to, to partner with them on anything that we can do to benefit downtown and, and our local community. And this event that you're having tonight, again, between 6 and 7.30, is open to people who, who might not attend your churches, but maybe they're looking for a place that could be their next church home. You guys want people uh, to come down. Uh, of course, yes, and but honestly, this is just our um, our. We're just happy to to uh, serve our local community to um, to have the people who are within walking distance around us, and um, so honestly, while we would love to have anyone who um, is looking for a new church home, at the same time, really, our focus tonight is just to love on the community, to get some people together, to give a safe option for kids to be able to come out, for families to be able to fellowship together. And so this is a free event that the churches come together um, to do. And so we're just happy to to serve our community. And again, it's happening tonight from 6 until 7.30 at the intersection of Union Street and Matthews in Jonesboro, a partnership with First Baptist Church and First United Methodist Church. Uh, Leanne, good luck tonight, and uh, we'll watch your social media to make sure that uh, we don't have any type of uh, rain changes, okay? Thank you so much, guys. You have a great morning. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, so we're joined this morning by a dapper young man. Dapper, I tell you. He just so happens to be the mayor of Jonesboro, Mayor Harold Copenhaver, welcome into the studio, man. Good morning, all. Good morning. Why are you so dressed up? Oh, it's it's uh, daily activity. I can't handle when he walked in. I wasn't ready because it's a three piece suit. I know, and he has on like this paisley top with this little kerchief tucked in his little pocket. Oh, what'd you call it? A kerchief? A kerchief? <laughs> kerchief? Okay. Yes, a handkerchief. And I mean, you don't dress like this every day. There's no way. About uh, four days out of the week. Do you sure really? Do. Sure do. So what do you wear on the weekends? Uh, whatever the grandchildren let me wear. Yeah. <laughs> so it's t-shirt and shorts? That's, uh, <clears throat> I don't have the legs for that, brand. No. Oh, you don't wear shorts? Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, your I wife do. was saying the other night that she doesn't recommend that, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. Now, what does she think about your, your gig as the mayor? Because obviously she supported you throughout your political career, your banking career. But man, when you become the mayor, everything changes. It does, but um, you know we were prepared in some ways because being a state representative, she understood uh, the complexity of being out in the public in general. But the great thing about this is, is Kathleen is getting involved, and we have a mayor's youth caucus, and uh, she's getting involved in their activities, and she wants to be a part of this. And 
I think it's important that I call her the first lady yeah. um, for the city because she represents my family is is out there and they have to they're always being looked at. So yeah. they have to lead by example as well. But Kathleen is she's the rock and, and the reason I was able to run. But your days, because <clears throat> I mean, banking hours can be, you know, you, you hear jokes about bankers hours and how much time's on the golf course, all, all the jokes. We know bankers work really hard and there's a lot of long hours, but I would assume that mayor hours are basically 24 hours a day. You are exactly right. You can't turn it off, right? You, you can't. You can't. You're always thinking about it. I was up at three, then I was up at five and or th- one, three and five, 15. This wow. Morning. Oh my goodness. Just what? So, things come into your things head? Things come up and, and things you have to take care of. And so when you're... Over 23 department heads, now think of that, and 600 employees, mm-hmm. and then a city of 80,000, 82 square miles. There's a lot going on in our community, and anything can happen at any given time, which it does. So your phone is always on? Always. Like you can't have the deal where it's on privacy? It's multiple phones. Multiple phones. Really? Yes, sir. So when you have a day like that, is there ever a time where you just get to, to sit back and chill? Because I would even think, I used to see you at family dinners, right? <clears throat> because you're very family focused. Right. So we'd see most of their crew out together. Mm-hmm. But I would assume family dinners are, hey, that's the mayor. Let's go ask him about something. And that happens. And that's okay. And that's the reason when Kathleen goes out, she always takes one of our children because then she has somebody to talk to. <laughs> right. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Halloween because, uh, and I didn't even realize this until the other day. My wife was like, no, we're celebrating Halloween on Saturday before the trick-or-treating and stuff like that, uh, on the 30th. Is right. that like a city thing? Is that a state thing? What goes into that thought process? No, that was just a recommendation. And, and uh, obviously, the community that we're in and kids having to go to school on Mondays, we thought it would be a better idea to everybody to have a little bit more time to take in the festivities on a Saturday evening. And I want to say uh, what a great job last night that our fire and police department did at Trunk or Treat. At Allen Park, we had over 600 youth attend oh my that gosh. event. It was fantastic. And I know tonight in First Methodist and First Baptist are having a collaborative effort downtown. Yep. I'll be there as well, and, and I'm excited about that. So, Do you just go for candy? <clears throat> Is that what you're looking That's for? That's why I wear a three-piece suit. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Halloween candy? Do you have oh, a favorite? Uh, you know, uh, Tootsie Rolls and Bit of Honey's. There you go. Okay. Ooh, those are good. I'm kind of like a Butterfinger guy if I can ever find the Butterfinger or a Kit Kat. Yeah. Kelly, what, what's you yours? Uh, it doesn't matter. All of it. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> so with Halloween, let's talk safety for a second because, you know, I've noticed over the last number of years taking Kai out trick-or-treating, it sure seems like more people have trailers in neighborhoods. More people are driving their kids door to door. And as a kid, I remember like you would just get out and you'd walk. You'd walk your whole neighborhood, right. but there's a lot of vehicles out there now. Uh, and especially in neighborhoods. So yeah. I think what we're seeing is is kind of a, an uptick in, in certain neighborhoods that really want to take part of the festivities. So I just ask adults to wear light clothing while their children can dress up in their costumes, be considerate of others during this time, and be patient. Yeah, that's going to be the thing. And kids love Halloween. They oh, love going out great. trick-or-treating and getting dressed up. So uh, that's happening again. Uh, the city recommendation is for Saturday. That way you can have more people get out and, and do their thing. Let's talk about some of the other things going on. Uh, you had mentioned uh, to us that there's a safety initiative that is uh, you guys are working on right now that really will benefit everybody in the city of Jones. Well, Brandon Kelly, this is something that, that we've been working on since I began in the administration. And we were listening to the general public when we ran for office. And one of it was, how can we make our community safer? And so with the CARES Act funding, we came together with six of our departments. And this is IT, police, fire, uh, planning, all this type initiative. And we need to streamline our process in our community make it more effective. So that involves three departments. That'd be police, 
fire, and 911. Right. And so this initiative, Tuesday night, I'll be making a presentation in front of city council. It's almost, it's right around $1.8 million. Okay. About a third of that will go toward cameras on our intersections, and it'll be more real-time situations. So, in other words, our officers, it's bringing safety to our officers, which then can provide a safer community. Right. So they're going to have real-time footage. So if an officer comes to a scene of an accident, he's already going to have witnessed that oh, through, wow. through video. Wow. If we have a robbery suspect that hopefully doesn't ha- happen very often, but mm-hmm. every now and then it does, we've got the ability to track that suspect throughout our community real wow. time. Mm-hmm. So this is going to provide a lot of safety initiatives. The other part of that is how many parks do we have? Do you all know? Oh, my gosh. Yes. We have a ton of I can't remember the number. 22. But, we've got wow, 22, 22 parks. parks. 15 of those have cameras. So we have seven that don't have any protection along that line. So now all of our parks are going to have cameras. Some will have three or more. So it gives us then that safety for mothers and families to be able to go out walking in our community as well. Then on the other side of that, then we're going to have uh, for our fire department, uh, we're allowing for for, uh, their first responders because most of the time they're at the scene before an ambulance mm-hmm. can get right, there. Sure. And so all the things that they're going to need and then 911, we've got to upgrade our 911. These people are forgotten about a lot of times. And so this is a great initiative. This is going to provide them a better in office environment. So it's healthier for them. And then as well, upgrading their communication ability to where they can respond that much quicker. I think for us, you know, we consider the fact that we live in an area in a city that is relatively safe compared to a lot of other places. But if we can take that to an even further level as we are out there with our kids and our families, uh, because, you know, you see that stuff does happen. It doesn't happen as often here as it might in some other places, but just the extra precautions is awesome. Well, absolutely. And through technology, we can do that. Right. So now we don't have to hire additional officers. We can fund our technology. We have to in invest in our community and so technology is one way to do that so so how does that investment come if we're looking to get those traffic things out there the cares act you mentioned that tell me Correct. kind of how that works so basically what that is that is a request that is funding that we receive from the federal government which right. is every every community in the state of arkansas got that right <clears throat> then we have uh guidelines the which we can spend it we we feel comfortable that safety is yep. met, meets those guidelines. So we're we're holding off on other things because we need to get more guidance on that. But when it comes to safety and reinvesting back in the community in that manner, then then we feel certain that that's a good way to go. Well, that's the most important thing for Absolutely. us, <clears throat> especially as parents. You want your kids to be safe. You want your your family to be safe. So that's right. Great initiative. Uh, talk to me about uh, you know I guess it's been termed uh, kind of the in quotes a hamburger tax. What did, what is that? What does that mean? Because I've heard of it. I'm not really sure what that means or, or or then how that tax can benefit people in this area. Well, first of all, let me explain something to the community as well. So we have different commissions, and those commissions are assigned tasks to take care of the community and what their involvement is. And so we have AMP commission. The mm-hmm. AMP commission brought this to city council. And so what they've done is the background work, and they've asked the city to help them prepare this initiative. So we collaborate, worked with them, and uh, in that process, this is what they call prepared food tax, Mm -hmm. but it's a hamburger tax on restaurants only. I call it basically an entertainment. If you go out and stay in a hotel, which is coming up Tuesday night, that'll be one cent additional, mm-hmm. then that that would be added onto your bill, but only if you're in a hotel. Right. And then 
Same thing, if you eat out, then this would be an additional 2% on your bill when you eat out, but only if you eat out. Sure. This is not Kroger or anything else. So our numbers are showing that an average family in Jonesboro, 50,000 income, that would be about 5000 or $5, excuse me, $5 additional a month right. that they might pay if they eat out, if sure. you don't, choose not to. Now, now, let me give you a comparison. So the city of uh, Eureka Springs, mm-hmm. they have a population of 2,700 people. Okay. Okay. So they bring in, though, with their hamburger tax and their hotel tax, about $1.2 million a year. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So the city of Jonesboro, the only thing we have is a hotel tax. That mm-hmm. hotel tax brings in, depending on what year it is, anywhere between 565000 to seven hundred fifty. Sure. So we're a community of 80000 They're a community of 2700 <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. You know, so they're able to do things mm-hmm. that, frankly, Jonesboro hasn't been able to operate on. So this now will provide us to do things that we can be competitive. So when we look at that and we say, okay, there's going to be this this prepared food, this hamburger tax, what is the vision of, of where that could go in the future? Some of the different projects you guys are looking at that could uh, better the city and better the area because Jonesboro is a hub for so many people. Uh, how can this be used? Well, and, and case in point, Jonesboro during the day, our population is around 80,000 initially, initially, but that's mm-hmm. not including the university and other things. So when you look at it, we have about 125,000 during the day, working in our community and coming in and out. During big weekends, we're up to 180,000 people. That's a lot of people. So providing the opportunity, they're using our infrastructure, right? So we have to reinvest in that. But with this opportunity, this A&P commission has recommended a all-around athletic facility Mm -hmm. of some nature. We'll do a study on it to see uh, which are the uh, items that we need to add to that study as we go on. But number one is it needs to be used for this community sure. for all from senior citizens to our uh, youth that don't have the same opportunity as other youth. Mm-hmm. This is what this facility is going to be. For. Right. Any idea of, I mean, I guess you were thinking about it, any conceptual idea where that could be placed or. Well, I think everything's on the table. Okay. That's what's so great about it. Jonesboro has so many different areas that we can, that we can look at. Um, and so the good thing is a lot of people are interested, you know, I'd like to have it close to me. Yeah. I'd like oh, sure, to have yeah. it close to me. Yeah. Well, and the, the idea that a lot of people, when they go off to events, let's say it's a, a traveling sport or something like that, a lot of people have to leave town to go to different people's facilities. Why would we not want them coming here to spend their weekend here with local business? That's exactly right. Because what, what we have a lot of festivities, for example, softball, girls softball, um, those we had 16 college teams in last weekend alone. So wow. they stayed in our hotels. They stayed two nights. Some came even for three nights. And that's the key. We got to get them here overnight. At the festivities in Jonesboro right now, some are just one day activities right. where we could have multiple day activities. So it benefits all, which is revenue that comes back to the community that we can then reinvest. Jonesboro Mayor Harold Copenhaver joins us in studio this morning. Anything coming to town that we can uh, maybe get a sneak peek at? Any exciting things? They're like, ooh, I wish we could share this or we can share this. New business, new restaurants, new food, stuff like that coming in. Well, let me tell you. Anything on the table we can talk about? (laughs) Not that we can talk about, (laughs) but I'm an exciting, I I love new ideas. Mm -hmm. Jonesboro's on the cusp of some things that uh, I think people entertainment-wise are going to be just ecstatic about it. Ooh, and so nice. people are willing to invest and that's what i like our own community is willing to reinvest back in their community and so this this is a great time to be in jonesboro we also are working on right now we've asked for a 20 million dollar raise grant and so hopefully we'll hear from that 
in a month from now. And, and if we get some or none or all, but at least we ask. Sure. We have to fight for every dollar for our community. There you go. He is the mayor of the city of Jonesboro, Harold Copenhaver, in studio this morning. Uh, we wanted to play five questions, and we know we've done this with you in the past, but we have new ones. Okay? And they're good. All right, so Kelly's going to hit you with our five questions with the mayor. Kelly, what you got? Mayor, what was your first job? Very first. Cutting hogs. <gasps> was what? Cutting hogs. Cutting hogs. What does that Should mean? I, I worked that. on my brother-in-law's farm, and, and uh, he was a feeder pig. So that means when the hogs are born that you have to bend them over, you cut their teeth and tail off. No. Then, yeah. 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 So it's 3,500 hogs. So that's what I did. <laughs> I was 12 years wow. old. 12 years old. That's I some work right there, right? That. Yeah, that's right. All right. What else do you have? First celebrity crush. Oh, Raquel Welch. Okay. Still? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you like th- to this day, who's your current celebrity crush? Okay. All right. Other than singing, do you have any hidden talents? I play trumpet. Play what? golf. Um, he's fashionable. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's decked out. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> no, so uh, let's talk about your singing because every year at Arkansas State, you and some buddies come out there and you sing. Uh, was it a, it's normally a quartet, right? Well, a trio. A trio. trio. So when you go out there and do that. Is that intimidating for you, or is that something that when you're singing, you don't think about? You know, the great thing is I do it with other people, so it's very helpful. Right. If, it'd be very intimidating by yourself, and and my fear is always forgetting the words. So when you're with other people, <laughs> that fear kind of goes away. So okay, so have you guess. ever ducked out? <laughs> like where you forgot something? Have you ever had to duck out of a word? Listen, I have sung the Lord's Prayer and forgot the end words. <laughs> y'all. So I always have music now. Yeah. Okay. Who is the most famous person you have met? Well, outside of presidents. Um, I want to hear those too, though. Well, so uh, my father, when he was in the military, he served at the White House. So he served under six presidents. And uh, But wow. I, Bill Clinton, of course. Yeah. Um, when he came to our community multiple times. And then when he was president and came back to our community as well for the inauguration of the uh uh, tower out on the campus yeah and so uh but he's an amazing individual from the standpoint he can call you by name everybody right. knows that i, I just mm-hmm. that blows me away his no, ability to do that and the chance to meet him twice it was after he was president but he had this charisma about him uh even you know af- af- after getting out of the office just to come in and speak he could command the attention of the room and i was pretty impressed by him yeah. Yeah. so who else have you met that's famous outside of a president yeah. i'd i'd say you know um just there's there's been a number of people. I, I can't put anybody more than anybody else. Anybody that you were starstruck with, like just like okay, wow. Other is, than Kelly, is there anybody? I that mean, been, well, <laughs> I was going to mention that. Right, intimidating. All right, one more. All right, last one. All time favorite singer or band? Wow, you know, and and uh, I I have to go back to my contemporary. I like Glenn Miller. I mean, I'm I'm gotcha. a contemporary music guy, and and uh, so I go back to that style of music. But uh, Cheap Trick, love Cheap Trick. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Kelly brought up something this morning that was kind of random, and and I I don't know that she should have brought it up, but she said you did ba- the background vocals on this Brandon, one. You said that. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. No, you said that. He heard you say it. Is it? No, he didn't. Did yes. you hear that? I did hear. Oh, it. <laughs> Some things are better left unsaid. Uh-huh. Hey, we hope you have a great day. I know you have uh, people from, would you say Nettleton coming? Nettleton coming. We've got 38 of their future leaders coming up to the office this morning. And and, uh, so question and answer session. 
All right. Always busy. Absolutely. We appreciate Enjoy. you taking time to come by and see us. So. Thank you. It's always a blessing to be here. Thank you both. The mayor of Jonesboro, Harold Copenhaver, on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. Joined this morning by Dr. Kim Pitcock, talking about the ASU Farmers Market. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Just fine. What's your morning look like so far? Oh, nice, cool, brisk morning getting ready for a plant sale at the horticulture complex at ASU. What type of plants are y'all selling out there? We are selling pansies, violas, and red ornamental kale this morning. Oh, oh, cool. Is that open to the public? It's open to the public, 9 to 1, and it's on the south side of campus near the Ag Building. We've got two glass greenhouses, and it's in that that region, that area right there. Seems like a lot of people decided to to kind of jump into the plant world during the pandemic. They were looking mm-hmm. for things to do, and it seemed like that became a big deal. Oh, they did. It was crazy. Uh, even on our side where we're buying plants wholesale, we have to book nine to 12 months out to get things because it is just so crazy. And, oh, wow. Um, it, everybody's wanting to grow their own things, and it's, it's been wonderful on the horticulture side of this. Yeah, so tell me what all you do for Arkansas State because, you know, we're talking plants. I know we have the farmer's market, the final weekend coming up this weekend, but what, what, what is it that you do with Arkansas State? I am an associate professor of horticulture, and I teach a little bit of the agronomy, but I teach all the horticulture classes, so anything in the production from greenhouse to landscape, landscape design, landscape management, that's all my specialty area, and we have uh, several, about 6,000 square feet of greenhouse space that we grow the students and I, we grow all kinds of plants, and we have contracts that we also sell to like the Nature Center yeah. and other places, but we sell many sales to the public, and I'm kind of known for having some weird, strange things, so we have kind of a little following that people uh, keep at calling, when's our plant sale, because we um, have lots of unique, strange butterfly plants and things like that, Ooh, and wow. then on the, on the flip side is the farmer's market. And I helped start that 15 years ago, but that actually is a nonprofit group that runs that. I am the only connection between ASU and that market. I just hold two positions. I'm chairman of the board of that one. And when I retire in May, I will still continue to do the farmer's market. Well, congrats. Wow. So you're you're looking forward to retirement. (laughs) I got a ways to go before I can say that. I'm going a little bit early, but hey, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, so tell, hey, tell me about the farmer's market. You said that you were part of kind of like the introduction of that? Right. We developed this about 15 years ago is when wow. we started. A couple of us kind of, we got together, we'd kind of talk to different people, and all of a sudden, you know, hey, I'm interested in farmer's market because I kind of grew up at farmer's markets. My mother drug us to farmer's markets, and so it, to me, that was just a normal thing, right. going to farmer's markets and buying, you know, fresh produce and things like that. And another gentleman here in town, Bob Young, was interested in that. And we kind of started talking and grabbed three or four other community people who were interested in the same thing and developed a committee and a non, uh, went under a nonprofit group with the NRCS and have started this. Um, we've gotten grants and different things like that to help build the current building that we're in. Right. And we have a long-term lease with ASU on the property that we are setting at. And we've just then received a through our dean, Dr. Latour from the College of Agriculture, he is was fundraising. And from Judd Hill, we've gotten a $2.8 million donation oh, wow. to build a second building that will be 
indoor outdoor, and it's going to sit in where the current parking lot is of our build open air building right now. So it'll give us permanent restrooms. If something's yeah, great. But lots of other areas and activities that you know we can expand our market greatly and have many other events there because we're just kind of limited right now with an open sure. air market and you know no permanent restrooms and things like that. So this will definitely enhance our market. No, but when you think about this idea, this thought 15 years ago, and you see where it's headed, I mean, that's got to make you proud. Oh, yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of cool. You drive around the corner, and there's this big building, and you're thinking how long it's been here and stuff. Because, you, know, you know, before markets that have been here, you know, two or three years, and that was all. But yeah. it, it's worked wonders. I mean, I was really it's, – it's, it's kind of cool to see that and think, you know, we were in the beginning phases of that, and now it's still going strong. So this weekend on Saturday, it's the final day of the season for the ASU Farmers Market. Uh, what do you think if we stop by there on Saturday? What's going to be available? It's definitely fall, so things have changed. So definitely, the crops are very different than they were in the summer. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of flowers. I say not a lot because all these cool temperatures have, have definitely affected all our zinnias and sunflower production. Right. We are on the last end of some of our vegetables. There was last weekend. There was a little bit of okra, so I'm sure there's going to be still some okra that, and there'll be green beans. Several of the meat vendors are still there. We have a lot of the bakery items are still there. The, um, crafters are still there, so we we still have about 15 or so, 18 vendors that are there actively selling all their different produce and materials. So I'm looking at the forecast for Saturday. It's like you couldn't have picked a better weekend to be the final weekend of the season. So far right now, it says sunny in 64. That's great. That's great. It's a little cool sometimes in the mornings, but, oh, it, um, it's wonderful. It, you think about some of these days when it's about 90 degrees out mm. there and hot and humid. <laughs> we, we love these days. So what are the hours on the farmer's market on Saturday? Eight to one. All right. And again, the final day of the season happens this Saturday. You can find out more if you go to ASU Regional Farmers Market on the social medias, Facebook primarily. But uh, Dr. Kim Pitcock getting ready for, uh, for the flower sale this morning. And we appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Congratulations on retirement too in May. <laughs> Thanks. We'll talk to you later. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the man you need. Need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend, our best friend, and the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care, back with another Wet Nose Wednesday. Doc, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you feel this morning? Feeling good, getting in the Halloween mode. Are you guys going to have people come to your house and trick or treat? You know, nobody ever comes to our house, I guess, because we live kind of on a busy road and we're kind of in the, uh, in the, kind of off the beaten path. And, uh, other than if it's a, you know, a grandkid or something, uh, we just don't have any trick or treaters. Well, maybe if you dressed up, you oh, would have gosh. more trick or treaters. Do you have a, a costume in mind? Uh, I don't <laughs> have a costume. I think one thing that might deter people is we've got an old white van that says free candy on it (laughs) you know what that might be it (laughs) that is kind of concerning hey was it halloween a couple of years ago where you went out in a kilt or was that just because it was the weekend i think that was it might have been around it may have been a halloween party yeah i wore a kilt i think (laughs) it was just to do it do you have any type (laughs) of uh costume for this year have you thought about it yet 
No, I really haven't. Um, you know, I don't know. I have, I'll, I'll have to come up with something in the next few days. Am I still invited um, to your party that Kelly's not invited oh, okay. to? Okay. <laughs> sure, you're invited. <laughs> um, you know, it, it made me think. Kelly told me the other day. Oh, gosh. She kind of made me think that Halloween was around the corner. She said she was at the grocery store mm-hmm. and the cashier was just a witch. <laughs> and I said, I, I said, have you been in the self-checkout lane again? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Hey, with Halloween, obviously, and we talked to Mayor Copenhaver about this earlier, it's kind of crazy with Halloween and the amount of people that are out in neighborhoods, now cars and trailers and all the stuff that's going on. There really is. It's like chaos and kids and doorbells and food and people are coming and going and all that stuff. This could be a crazy time for our pets. It really is. It's probably one of the more potentially dangerous holidays or or events that we can see because you know, face it, the, the doorbell's ringing constantly. There's strange people and even stranger masks and costumes. And, and I think it really bothers some of our pets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the number one thing, just remember that trick-or-treat candies are not for pets. Uh, last Wednesday, a week ago today, uh, I had an owner that called and her dog, she was, uh, she was gone for a little while. It got into a whole package of this pure gum, P-U-R gum, which is basically... 100% xylitol and oh. ate the whole package. And, oh, you know, the dog was kind of showing some wobbliness. And uh, we've talked about before how toxic that is. And uh, fortunately, I think because the dog ate so much, it started bombing and it, and it basically emptied its stomach. And so, oh. you know, we put it in some IV fluids and supported it for 24 hours and it, it uh, did fine. But, you know, there's an example of how fast that can happen. And, you know, there's a lot of these newer, newer gums and candies that are artificially sweetened with that. And, you know, that's definitely a no-no. Any kind of candy or chocolate is, is not good for your pet. So, you know, as your kids come home, you know, keep the, Keep the um, the pumpkins containing the candy or the bags containing the candy. Keep it up out of their out of their reach because obviously they'd go right after it. And yeah. you know, it just is important. Don't leave your pets out in the yard on Halloween. You know, there's just it, like I said, it's going to be stressful for them. Uh, the best place for them is in the house. And if they're really nervous type of pets, um, keep them in a back room. You know, maybe turn on some uh, music. Uh, keep them away, you know, something to drown out the doorbell and opening and closing the doors. Uh, it's just not worth the risk of them potentially getting out and, and getting away. Um, the, uh, you know, things that, that are going to be around with the costumes and the glow sticks, you know, the glow sticks uh, aren't toxic necessarily, but they're, it's pretty bitter. And we've had reports of dogs that chew on them and they'll start drooling, paw their mouth and, you know, that can cause some irritation. So, you know, they're, you know, they're very enticing for a, a pet to look at because it's something different. And the first thing they want to do is chew on it. So, you know, try to keep that, uh, keep that out of reach. Kelly uh, told me, Doc, to, Doc, Kelly told me that um, she did that last year. She accidentally ingested some one of those glow sticks and her pee Brandon, you was glowing. <laughs> <laughs> Neon. That's what she said. I don't know if you it's know, true. Like, I get bored. No. <laughs> So anything that's out, you know, the decorations, uh, you know, lit pumpkins, pumpkins with candles, just be careful where, where those are because, number one, dogs like pumpkins and they will try to maybe eat a raw pumpkin and, um, you know, they could risk uh, starting a fire or even burning themselves. And the same goes for 
the battery powered or electric Halloween decorations. You know, these little batteries, if a dog ingests those, or um, they can actually cause burns uh, in their stomach. You know, there's been reports where they'll even perforate the stomach, you know, if they're in contact with the lining of the stomach. Uh, so definitely, you know, those can be a, a danger. And um, the uh, and, and the other thing, you know, a lot of pets are going to be dressed up in costumes. And here's one thing I'd say about that. Make sure that, you know, it doesn't restrict their movement or their hearing or their eyesight or even their ability to breathe. You know, you probably, before you actually put them in on Halloween, you might try it a day or two before. And if it's a multiple piece of uh, outfit, you know, just try a little on at a time. Uh, you know, and if they're stressed out about it, just get a little festive bandana and, you know, tie that loosely around their neck. Uh, and if they're just not going to have a, you know, if they're not going to be amenable to putting a costume on, just do like Kelly, you know, go in your birthday suit and, and okay. just let them be happy. You know, just spray paint them. With you. Um, Are you talking about the dogs? Anyway, go ahead. Just spray paint them. I don't know if that's a good idea. It was a joke. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I've got a little chihuahua, and I keep threatening to get some green food color and uh, put it all on, on her face and ears and let her be Baby Yoda, just get a little brown. <laughs> hey, so chocolate. And, you know, and if you're going to gonna use things, you know, like dyes or, or sprays, make sure they're non-toxic. Uh, you know, they do make some some pet-friendly uh, coloring uh, agents for their, for their hair. And, uh, you know, and that's something like that is not going to, restrict their activity or, uh, you know, they probably won't even know what's on there. So you can always do that. And the important thing, and this just happened um, two days ago, you know, somebody found a, a pet uh, that didn't have any kind of identification. They knew it belonged to somebody just because it seemed to be in, you know, good body condition, hadn't been out fending for itself. So, um, you know, we, we took it in and, and posted yesterday on Facebook and almost immediately, you know, the owner contacted us. So, you know, this is another important time. Just make sure they have an ID, an ID tag on their collar, or better yet, have the microchip. Uh, that was the first thing we did when a um, uh, uh, client brought this pet in after they had found it. We checked it for a microchip, and it just wasn't, you know, there wasn't one there. So, you know, it, it saves a lot of heartache, potential heartache, if you can have an identification device uh, either on the collar or, you know, under their skin in the form of a microchip. So we can, you know, immediately get them relocated back to where they're supposed to be. There you go. He's there with your Halloween advice. He is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend and the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed from VetCare. You can find out more at vet-care.com or on Facebook. Just search VetCare Jonesboro. Doc, as always, we appreciate your time. All right, I appreciate it, and y'all have a happy Halloween. All right, you too, man. Happy Halloween. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, so we're joined this morning by the brand new Miss Arkansas State University, Miss A State, Riley Roberts. Riley, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are y'all? We're doing okay. What does it feel like? Here we are. It's been, uh, what is it, a week ago that you guys, that you were crowned Miss Arkansas State. Does it even feel real at this point? It still does not feel real. Um, I actually had an interview. um, I did a little thank you at the Pike House the other night, and I went to go put my crown on, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this this doesn't feel real anymore. Like, (laughs) I I feel like I'm still dreaming. 
Yeah, so like pageant life, is this something you always wanted to do, or how did this end up a deal where you were going to compete to be Miss Arkansas State? I've actually had some friends in the pageant world for quite a while, and um, it always seemed really fun. And we had the opportunity for my dance team. They were all like, hey, like, we have to put up someone for Miss Arkansas State. Like, is anyone interested? And I was like, oh, that would be super fun. And I get to meet all the other candidates in the pageant as well. So I raised my hand, and I got nominated. And, um, yeah, it's just something that is kind of new to me still, but I'm super excited to be in this process. So wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you won your very first pageant? Wow. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> wow. So so when you say you want to do that and all of a sudden you're going to be in a pageant, does it all of a sudden become real? Like, oh, my gosh, I have to have a platform. I have to have a talent. Did that stuff seem yes. intimidating or how did you do that? Yes, it was very intimidating. And there was lots of paperwork that I was not very ready for. Me and my mom, I know that we, we took a lot of – time out of our days trying to get all the paperwork and everything prepared but it was definitely worth it so you are a a young lady who's from jonesboro went to valley view right yes so i'm assuming that a pretty good support system right there with your family oh definitely and i've actually gotten close with the rugby team and i also have dance team on my side as well so my support system is just insane Let's talk about your social impact initiative. I was talking to somebody, and I can't remember who it was, who was at the pageant the other night, and they were talking about you know different um, different things. All of you who compete in the pageants, you have to have something that you're working toward, this initiative, an impact deal where you want to help uh, make the world a better place. What did you choose? My social impact initiative is called Possibilities with Disabilities, and it's to break the stigma associated with learning disabilities and encourage students to reach their fullest potential in schoolwork and everyday life. What do you want to be when you grow up? I actually want um, to be an elementary teacher, and I actually want to get my dyslexia endorsement so I can test students for learning disabilities and dyslexia as well. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what happens. Like you go out there and you do the pageant, right? And they announce you at the end as the winner. I would assume the first probably 30 seconds were like, oh, my gosh, what do I do next? Is that right? (laughs) Yes, it definitely was. I was looking at everyone in the crowd and I was looking down at my parents and their faces was pure shock and I was in pure shock. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> Apple was like, okay, take your walk. And I was like, walk for what? Like, right. what am I doing? <laughs> Were you crying in that moment? I almost did. I was like, okay, don't cry off all the makeup. You still have pictures in my head. Oh, yeah. I was like, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> so tell me about life with the dance team too, because obviously as a part of the dance team, the Red Wolves dancers, uh, you know, you're used to being in pressure situations where you have to perform. Like I see you guys, cause I normally do your intro before you guys get out there on the field at like a football game. And I see you run over there. You have to sprint to the end zone. You have to perform in front of however big the crowd is and, uh, you know, cameras in your face. I would assume that's kind of intimidating too, right? Yes. It's very intimidating, but it's very worth it. Being out in um, Centennial Bank Stadium, it's just insane seeing all of the crowd and the support that Arkansas State has. So it's something that is very worth it, but it does take a lot of practice and um, you definitely have to get used to it. So do you get nervous before each performance? Yes. It's usually like a split second of nervousness that runs through my body. And then I'm like, okay, got to go out. So must go on. So we take off running and my friends are beside me and that definitely takes away my nerves as well. But then the adrenaline kicks in, right? And then all of a sudden, like for me, after a football game, I'll get home and I'll try to do like my social media posts and all that stuff. But I am so jacked up with adrenaline after a game. And I don't even play. I just talk. But I get so jacked up, I can't go to bed. 
Yes, I get. I'm the same way. I get those exact same feelings. So as we as we look at what's next for you, again, we have Miss Arkansas State University Riley Roberts on the phone with us this morning. Uh, you got a bunch of prizes, obviously from sponsors who uh, are proud to celebrate Miss Arkansas State. But there's also a scholarship yeah. element that I think a lot of people, uh, when we think of pageants, we think of crowns and sashes and stuff like that and flowers. Maybe people forget about the fact that this really is scholarship uh, for the the scholarship. Yes. Um, so I actually received a scholarship from Pike, and that is one of another main reason that I competed in Miss Arkansas State. And now as I move forward into Miss Arkansas, there are some more scholarship opportunities that I'm super excited for. Does it make you nervous thinking that you've just done your first pageant, you go out and you win the pageant, and now all of a sudden you're going to be sent to Miss Arkansas? For people who have been doing this their whole lives, that's got to be intimidating a little bit. Oh, yes. I'm definitely intimidated, but I think I'm more excited than I am nervous right now. <laughs> and I think this, the situation in something like that is just trust the process. Trust uh, the people yes. around you who have the experience, who can guide you. Uh, do you have a good team of people that's going to kind of get you ready to be on the stage at Miss Arkansas? Oh, yes. Um, definitely my family has my back as well. And all of dance team has already announced that they're going to be there. They're all oh. going. <laughs> We're taking a bus to Little Rock and they will be there as well. So I'm super excited to see all of them out there as well. And it'll kind of take away my nerves while I'm on stage. Well, best of luck as uh, we get set for Miss Arkansas. And uh, again, we're just going to say congratulations on behalf of everybody, Miss Arkansas State University. That's a big deal uh, to win that pageant. So congratulations. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Here's a heads up. I want to give you guys a heads up. I've just now posted something on the K-Fine Facebook page, and this is your chance to win VIP pit tickets to see Cody Johnson. Mm -hmm. We're talking Cody Johnson Friday night. And I know, Kelly, you're fired up about this I am. I cannot wait to see him in person. So it's Cody Johnson Friday night, First National Bank Arena in Jonesboro. Every curve, every ditch, every turn, every bridge, I left behind me up in smoke, every fork in so it's Cody Johnson featuring special guest Easton Corbin. I'm a little more country than that. Your chance to win right now. I just want to make sure Here's the deal, though. You want to win? It's as simple as going to the K-Fine Facebook page. Just like, comment, and share for your chance to win VIP pit tickets to Cody Johnson this Friday night. Yep. If you got a chance, take it. Do it now. Take it while you got a chance. If you got a dream. Cause a dream won't chase you back If you're gonna love somebody Hold them as long and as strong and as close as you can Till you can Cody Johnson right here Till you can't see him There's a box of greasy parts Sitting in the trunk of that 65 Still waiting on you and your granddad To bring it back to life Always get around fixing up that Pontiac till you can't. Don't wait, man. Don't waste those moments. If you got a chance, take it. Take it while you got a chance. If you got a dream, chase it. Cause a dream won't chase you back. If you're gonna love somebody, hold on as long and as strong and as close as you can till you Johnson Friday night FNB Arena in Jonesboro. So take that phone call from your mama. Where is he? 
just talk away Cause you'll never know how bad you want to Till you can't someday Don't wait on tomorrow Cause tomorrow may not show Say your sorries, your I love yous Cause man, you never know If you got a chance, take it Take it while you got a chance If you got a dream, chase it Cause a dream won't chase you back If you're gonna love somebody Hold them as long and as strong and as close as you can Till you can It's Cody Johnson, Friday Nights And your chance to win on our Facebook page right now Like, comment, and share for your chance to win Facebook.com slash KFIN 107.9 Brandon Baxter in the morning. Hey, on the podcast, you can go back and check out uh, Dr. Shane Spites, the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. We talk COVID. We talk about declining numbers. Should we still be concerned? Vaccines. Kids, 5 to 11. What does that look like? New variants. We run through all of that with Dr. Spites. We also talk about, uh, for those of you who are concerned about the vaccines, and I saw a video this week. I was like, ooh, wow, that's kind of crazy. Uh, we ask him, hey, what's the deal with this? We're yeah. seeing you know, this, this video that gets out there, and people are posting it and stuff like that. So we chat through that stuff. We also had the Jonesboro mayor, Harold Copenhaver, in here with us. Uh, lots to talk about with him, including mm-hmm. Halloween safety. We talk about um, a safety initiative they're working on, which is going to make Jonesboro an even safer city. Uh, the hamburger tax, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, what can we get out of that, and how much will it cost the average family? And we actually talk about fashion. Yeah, because he's <laughs> he was decked out today. <laughs> yeah, he was showing off. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, Riley Roberts, Miss Arkansas State University. She's newly crowned. She was a Valley View student going to Arkansas State. We chat with her this morning as well. So you can check out all of that stuff on the podcast. It's the Brandon Baxter in the Morning podcast, available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV? Tonight, Game two of the World Series, the Astros host the Atlanta Braves, the 100th episode of uh, Batwoman. Tonight's schedule also includes DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, CSI Vegas, A Million Little Things, Chicago PD. Also on late shows, Jimmy Fallon will have Walker Hayes. There's no doubt he'll either do Fancy Like and You Girl, the dances together. And also Lady A will be with Seth Meyers tonight. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the Morning.